And we're here on another episode of The Offspace. Bum, 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 bum. No, we didn't have to do all that. But I'm your host with the most, you know, Chuka Offer, the greatest that's ever lived. The best of the two hosts that you have here. Hmm. You're not really happy to have two options. I know you like the rapport, but you feel me? Hmm. There's got to be a face of everything. Yes, sir. Chuka Offer in the building. As soon as we get the videos going, this is when we're going to start the conceited meter. But <laughs> conceited meter, nigga, I'm not even conceited. Anyway, anyway um, as a go offer, uh, nice to see you guys once again, or at least be talking to you. I guess you can have an introduction. Huh? <laughs> Hold on for a second. You know, I'm just going to skate through that one. We're going to let Chuka be Chuka. But again, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So are you done introing yourself, dude? On my podcast? I should, I should, the Chuka Offer podcast? I should throw a little bit in more because as of recently, you know, more's been added onto my title, so... What the, anyways, now we're just bullshitting a waste of time. Yo, but appreciate everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Um... What's how's your week been? Like, give me a little little summation of how you've been feeling. I've been feeling great. I've been having eye-opening experiences. No, I'm just kidding. I always start saying that like some dramatic shit's gonna happen. No, very recently I realized take your food and what you consume seriously because I had what might have been a micro case of food poisoning or like food bug, whatever, like pop up and happen to me, and I don't want to experience that again. And um, my week's been cool to be honest. I. After Nipsey's passing, it was there was a lot of things and a lot of bad events that have happened these past few months in my life, to be honest, whether it be people passing, RIP to Sophia and anybody that knows her. She's a young girl from my hometown that actually just recently passed too from cancer. But I've just been seeing more and more how quickly life can go and how in these last like six months, more young people, to be honest, than old people I know have been passing. So that's a lot of people's parents burying yeah. their kids. So now it's kind of making me realize, like, we put stuff off that we really want to do, but sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to man up. You, I mean, sorry, because women are stronger than men most of the time, if we're being completely honest. Sometimes you just got to grow up and realize that you just got to get your shit off. Like, you, if you got something to do, you got to do it. And Figure so, it out while you still have a chance, you know? And so having a, a – trying to set a good example for people trying to grow up. Um, I've been working out more, which is dope, you know? Yeah studying you know keeping up with school working hella jobs you know just you know that money grind yes sir the hustle way shout out r.i.p nip Nip, you already know but one hard thing that i've done this past week is i've given up nicotine i quit smoking cigarettes probably like two and a half years ago about maybe two and a half three years ago and then for the longest period since then i smoked on a vape and then a jewel like whatever as just like a supplement you know Mm -hmm. because i was like all right i'm just gonna eventually use it to wean off blah 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 blah. but it's like i didn't start that race to switch to another substance so i had to look myself in the mirror and like after some of these events i was like this is the time like this is when i need to boss up and become the best version of myself and I let go of it. So this week's been a little irritating. I'm not going to lie. Everything's been pissing me off. <laughs> I've been wanting to slap a lot more niggas than I want to already slap on the regular, which is, you know, a little bit high of a count. But we won't get too far into that. Um, and so, um, Chuka, honestly, after what you just said and everything, I'm not going to lie. Usually I try and keep, like, mine short and sweet. You kind of inspired me just a second there, bro. Really hit me with some inspiration from just one week that I feel like I do want to mention something else, too. As we're going, before we get hidden to our heat check and everything. Because, like you said, just go ahead if you know like there's something that you want to do or a way you want to start living life. Just go ahead and taking care of it now while you still have the chance. Uh, I know I've been reading more lately. And, again, because I know this is a point in time where mo- a lot of people don't like to read or don't have the opportunity to read as much as they used to. I know you used to be, like, an avid reader. Way, you and, like, our little sister reading way more than I've seen most people in life. But... I'm definitely trying to kick back into that, and I've just bought a new book that I've been getting into heavy that I, hopefully at some point, I know I'm trying to start like a book club with friends, but if we have a point on this show even where we start throwing recommendations, that'd be pretty cool, but hey, if you have a chance out there, go ahead and try and get yourself into reading something. Yeah, I got a library in my head at this fucking point, to be honest, but <clears throat> that's enough about us for right now. Let's kick right into the heat check. 
my heat check for this week, and I'm just going to unofficially, because, I mean, we're not that official, to be fucking honest, to make, like, announcements and shit, but unofficially, I'm about to just make this whole month into Nipsey Hustle Month for me, just because I have to give my respects to somebody that paved way for how I want to be mentally and just, you know, cha- really changed the world. Not not spoke about changing the world, but really did this shit. And you're seeing a lot of fruits of that labor in every day something new comes, you know, like after he's passed. So in honor of Nipsey, all month I'm going to be throwing out heat checks from past works of his. This current one is going to be called The Hustle Way. So Nipsey Hustle, The Hustle Way. All right. And so my heat check, you know, we were having a little bit of friendly banter about this before. I don't know if I just got a booth taste of music, apparently. No, but all jokes aside, I have a song that's not even new, but relatively, I guess, new for this artist. That's my age, Jaden Smith. Again, I know many people have heard his music at this point, but I wanted to go ahead and put out my heat check for the week. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a nice vibe as we're kind of transitioning into like spring and summer for everything, getting everybody out there, you know, drums beating. Feel free, feel alive. Feel like you're ready to take on the world again. So yeah, go ahead and check it out if you haven't heard it already. For sure. And um, I meant for sure like checking mine out because your shit would be trash. Yeah, but... you're just the gramps, bro. <laughs> I just want you to start getting with the youth. <laughs> 25 and disconnected. What a shame. Hate to see it. <laughs> 25 and it. disconnected. This nigga think I'm 87 years old, bro. It's okay. But anyway, um, the first topic of the day is going to be about Nipsey's shooter. Apparently, they apprehended the shooter, thank God, finally. Um, relatively be, quick. To, relatively quick, yes. But a lot of people have been wishing death upon this guy. I don't wish death upon him just because death is too sweet of an escape. I just hope that whatever situation he's placed in, he suffers for the rest of his life for what's been for what he's caused to be honest so i mean if he's in jail unless he is in solitary confinement until he passes he's going to suffer for the rest of his life especially if he's in a jail in california like his nipsey state you know come on be real with yourself and if he gets out somehow he's not gonna make it but speaking of getting out um is this gonna turn into like a jordan peele transition (laughs) (laughs) no the Who's the the lawyer that was the lawyer for the... Was it the OJ case? He was one of the lawyers oh, for the yeah, OJ yeah. case. I believe his name is Eric Darden. The one who prosecuted OJ, I think. Well, well, I forgot the exact name of the lawyer. We could um, quit being lazy and actually look it up. But out of nowhere, the shooter for... The shooter, that, the person that shot Nipsey got the lawyer in OJ, the one that persecuted in OJ's case as a lawyer. And one of those things that's weird for me it's just like, how is that possible? You know, like that's that's a high profile lawyer. That's like you got big bank. So I think it came out that it's being funded privately. So that means who's out there sick minded enough, though, that they're paying for this lawyer. But that raises more of a motive. Like if they're paying for a lawyer to take care of this guy, like what are the motives behind it? Like how did he even get in the position where I don't I don't want to throw on the tinfoil hat or anything, but it definitely can point some conspiracy or bring people to some conspiracy. Chris Darden, by the way, Chris Darden is the name Darden. of the lawyer. And so, what was weird to me was the fact that I don't necessarily think a it can go on like a flip side again to like how people are wondering how he can even afford a lawyer like this. But at the same time, he was the one that was prosecuting OJ. So at the same time, you lost this case. You know, and it was such a high profile case that shouldn't have been lost, quote unquote, in the public eye. So if anything, that could have tarnished a career and could have made you like, I guess, knock you down a few steps. But again, no matter if it's that or on the other side, there's a lot of interesting details around it that I'm kind of interested in seeing more about. I mean, my guess, if we're not going to use like tinfoil theories, because at this point, even though there's a lot of, you know, like the conspiracies, this, that just at this point, I just want as respect to Nipsey, respect to his family, respect to all of the people grieving. I'm not going to go down the conspiracy theory route. Yeah. And we're just going to speak about it on like a logical route. Um, in the state of California, a lot of major things happen, you know, but nothing as major as this has happened in decades. 
you know, in decades in the state of California, right? And so, like, at least high profile, I would say. Because to be completely honest, with all of the backlash and with all of the stuff going on in the Nipsey case, I don't want to seem like it's a hot take. I'm just being real. Like, Nipsey's passing, I don't think I've seen anything like this since Michael Jackson died. Like, really, and even then, Michael Jackson's was on, like, a on a world level, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this, and Michael Jackson's, like, there was a more worldly, like, sadness about it, I guess. You know, because of the sheer number of people from other countries. The scale but of- I haven't seen so much movement and so much immediate change happen. Like, packs between gangs, you know? Like, the whole nation of Islam came out to send Nipsey off, you know? Like, I've never seen anything like this, Mm -hmm. really, in my whole fucking life. So I think Chris Darden, if he's the one that prosecuted OJ and, you know, lost whatever, like, a high-profile case, I think, even though this seems nuts, and the one angle he can use to maybe get this person out of it is the mental health angle. I believe he could be, if I wanted to make speculations and guess, an attention whore that wants another shot at the big attention. Because you know every lawyer wants that big Mm -hmm. case, you know? So if there's a shot at getting this person out, maybe he took it because he wants that big case again, because he remembers last time. Okay, yeah. But then what kind of loophole or how are you, what are you really going to do to make this like go in your favor if you're him, you know? Like what can you really do to, hey, make your name back off of this case where this is pretty much like already, the case is pretty much dead from like the get go because there's, it's not like there's any suspicious activity as to if Nipsey was, you know, the guy who shot him was like trying to defend himself or something like that. Like you already know like what it was that was going on. This is cold blooded. And I'm just here playing devil's advocate, even though I really don't want to for this person, of course. But from what I've noticed, you know, from like things flying around the internet and like from things I've read and things that I've, I haven't, I'm gonna be completely real with you guys. I haven't watched the video of Nipsey being shot. I haven't watched the video of Lauren London in the hospital. I think it's disrespectful and fuck everybody that's sharing those videos in the first place, just first and foremost. But from what I saw, from what I saw people talking about that shit, because I refuse to watch any of that. It's that they may have because dude that shot Nipsey apparently like talked to him before, yeah. right? And talked to him before that day, like a little bit earlier. So people think like maybe there was an argument. They might t- try to take that angle. And another angle is that um dude that shot him apparently like checked into like a mental institution or something like that like beforehand. Like maybe like a, I don't know how long, so I don't want to be misquoted on this, but at some point beforehand. So if they take the um the argument slash mental health angle because there is a history there with mental mm-hmm. health. There could be a possibility. One, and I'm speaking once again as a devil's advocate, because in my mind, there's video. You know, there's literally video. And I've heard descriptions of the video from people. And from the descriptions, mm-hmm. there's there's no winning this. There's no way around, whatever. But you've all we've seen crazy shit in the legal system. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming this is what Chris Darden is looking for. Like, one of those crazy Hail Marys, because he's already established at this point. He just wants a chance at the fame again. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's an interesting take on it. I know, especially, like, in the business law class I'm taking right now, I feel like we neglect jurisdiction and a lot of, like, I guess, accounting for how some of these cases might be handled. And again, where the crime was committed and where I feel like jurisdiction is going to fall, whether we want people to be completely unbiased or not, like, let's just say judges and whatnot, like the legal system, there is still a bias in everybody regardless. And so even if this case is presented... And it's presented to a judge who is in a place where, again, like, this was, like, Nipsey's area, you know? And I don't know how far things run. Chris Darden's going to get it moved somewhere else. They're not going to be, they're not going to run this trial in L.A. And I would hope that anyone with a good spirit and a soul, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) would realize what's going on, like, period. But once again, you never know what this fuck system sometimes. So if they move this shit to, like, a North Dakota. The thing is, you, you can't move it to, like, a North Dakota, though. You can't move it like too far, like the. And if there is presented any the lawyer, if there is presented any area of bias, and he can prove that bias, mm-hmm. he can get it moved as far as he fucking wants. Just being real with you, and if it's in the state of California, that's enough of a bias. 
with how much Nip reps the West Coast and how much the West Coast loves him, that could be enough of a fucking bias to just get it out of here. So I'm just mm-hmm. being honest with you because in the the way that the judicial system works and at least good lawyers, quote unquote, or people with their pull and like how they do things, they're going to how try to give you your due process in the most fair system. Right. They don't use fair as in like race and things of that nature. We've seen where that goes, but they'll use fair as in like, like a standardized method like, of where you could be objectively yeah. unbiased. Right. And so <clears throat> here's. I don't like to wish poor or bad or anything on any human being on this planet. I definitely don't wish good for this motherfucker. I hope this case goes down the right way. Nip's um, memorial service is going to be held at the Staples Center. That's beautiful that they're lending Mm -hmm. the Staples Center to him. It's going to be a two-hour service, and I can't wait to see all the people rocking out to Nip one more time. R.I.P. Nipsey Hustle, And let's try to move on to a lighter topic, you know, for now. Just... Mm-hmm. Lift the spirits a little bit. The man, the myth, you know, the legend. I got mixed emotions <laughs> on this shit, dude. I got too many mixed emotions. Billy Ray Cyrus yeah. hopped on to the Old Town Road remix. And I'm not going to lie to you. That remix kind of slippity slapped a little bit. No, I what, what do you mean a little bit? That remix is stupid. That thing hits very differently. I love it. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't have anything bad to say about it. It hits, it hits crazy. And... How, how do you feel about it? I I'll just, give you my words after. I just feel like, obviously, I enjoyed the song, and I felt like Billy Ray could not have come any harder on this than he possibly Stupid. did. Stupid. Like, come how do you quit playing with me? What? And it was nice that they had him or some, like... His Maserati yeah. sports car. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming, and he was flexing in a way that was, like, rapper flex, but in, like, a country fashion. I didn't know what was going on. It seemed like a, such a great mix of a mesh, but I the reception of it didn't... I don't like when things don't feel genuine, and I feel like there was a lot of a people did like it, but there was a lot of over pushing it or over like a good like reception of it because people were trying to boost it for the backlash that I, uh, like this I guess Billboard was getting for taking down uh, the original song off of like the country music charts, but and. Uh- this is what I'd say to that. Yes, I completely agree with you. I completely agree, and I feel like people were over-pushing it. Mm-hmm. But one, I'm going to be real with you on my feelings on Lil Nas X, and no offense to Lil Homie, because I really do wish nothing but um, the best for everybody, and I really wish him nothing but success, or else I wouldn't be talking about him on my fucking platform. You know what I'm saying? Like, like where we want to, like spread positive, and it, you heard what I said about him last time, too. Like, I really wish success on Homie, but it's like... I think people are super pushing it because you know how black people are with their community, though, when they see certain ones. And so, like, people, had and, and especially when they see certain people that had racist shit happen. To yeah. Them. And because the Billboard shit was very obviously racist shit, mm-hmm. people are trying to get back at Billboard and give good numbers and, like, push it up. So that's definitely what's happening. Yeah. It's a good song, don't get me wrong, and I think it's slapped. But... It's funny because of the cultural appropriation and the bullshit that um, Miley was doing that Billy, obviously, yes, this is an opportunity for him. Like, we're not mm-hmm. going to take away the opportunity. But most people, I'll say most things that are done well in society are an opportunity for both people. So I don't want to take it away from him there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Billy, it's it's better for Lil Nas X, though, if he's really trying to push this country artist thing, mm-hmm. because now they have no choice but to take him seriously, because now a country, quote-unquote, legend hopped on his shit. Yeah. So it has to be put onto... They're thinking, like, this is going to force it to be actually considered country and put into the country category and, like, things of that nature. That's why people are happy for Billy Ray, because it's funny, because you see the cultural appropriation bullshit when it comes to Miley, and then you see the, like, pushing and, like, the helping somebody when they're being oppressed when it comes to a billion yeah and so and so two things though that again make me come off of this and kind of like i don't know i feel weird about it way a it got so big and it's doing so much that usually and i'm just saying like people's trends and stuff that i've noticed from these when you reach a certain level of popularity and fame whatever or helped out quote unquote like the billy ray thing I don't know why, but I just feel like in a few months, this is going to come back in a way that people start uh, slandering or talking bad about Billy Ray for some reason. And I don't know how it's going to get there, but I feel like it's going to be like he was just trying to profit off of the whole situation that was getting, you know, that was uh, 
Old Town Road being as big as it was and things like that. And two, even if that never happens and I'm just being on some like, ah, I think something's going to happen, being negative, whatever. I feel like it's also kind of forces Lil Nas X into a route that he might have to stick to at this point. I think he's... He, if he if But if he wants to, that's cool. But at this point, I feel like he has to kind of go down this country route now because it doesn't seem like he has another choice. But he's he fought still, so hard to be established in this. People are going to expect this when they hear your music. And people, the fans, they don't have realistic expectations of artists like breaking out with different sounds or doing different things. So when they get you for one thing, they expect to hear that moving forward. I get that, but... um. There, it's a yes and no because that's kind of that's kind of incorrect on all bases, right? That's incorrect. That's correct on certain cases when you come so strongly with one thing. Like I agree with you. Like if you if you blew up with one sp- specific sound, a lot of the times people only expect that stuff. But he is doing a good job, like very much pushing his rap while pushing country. I think he very much wants to be a country artist, mm-hmm. but he still wants to do the shit he actually likes to do, which comes to the rap too. Maybe he actually likes country now as well because he he's could. doing this country trap. But. The Billy Ray thing, I only look at it as, as a positive because of the fact that it helps Lil Nas X more than it actually helps Billy Ray. Because mm-hmm. Billy Ray was amongst a slew of country stars that were sticking up for Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Because it really would be the communities in a lot of these shits. Because these people are in Hollywood. These people are around, yeah. you know, like relatively social, liberal areas where you notice how we see each individual fucked person. Like, in Hollywood, you you know the fucked people, you know? Yeah. Like, in the music industry, you can see the fucked people when it comes to the stars, for the most part, for the most part. And you can see what they're clearly trying to do. And so, a lot of country stars did stick up for him, trying to say, no, nah, it's a country too, and, like, we have to give it to him, it's a country thing. And so, Billy Ray has been, I've noticed, really, the last, like, year or two, is just no one gave a fuck. Um, just pushing a lot of positivity, peace, and love, mm-hmm. right? And I think this was really his example and, like, chance of doing something good, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? Plus, it profits him, too. So it's like doing something good, but it does help him. So it's one of those mutually beneficial yeah, things. I get that. and But I just do want to say, though, and I know, again, he could, like, very well want to be this kind of an artist. And people just never saw it coming. Even though you see, like, his other music doesn't have the same sound, obviously. But... In the case, like, with the EDM realm and everything, we see what going on with, like, Getter and how he released an album that was very different from his original sound. And a very big artist just got booed off a stage by fans because it was a whole completely different sound. And I know that's an established artist who people expect, like, a, a body of work from that's going to fit, like, a specific type of sound and vibe. But, at the, and, you know, Lil Nas X is still, like, an up-and-coming person who just has, like, a song or two here and there that people have heard. But and they don't have expectations, but at this point, like it's you can you can't fully discredit the fact that people want to hear you for what they came to hear you in the first no, place. No, I'm not discrediting that. I'm just saying what you listed is completely different than the Lil Nas X thing. Like actually, completely different. Like it's to a much worse degree. But do you think it's still not applicable? No, I think it's applicable. Of course, like that's very base obvious. But it's like it's. It's in a music industry where all of the lines are blurring more and more each and every mm-hmm. year. And where from the get-go, this is from the jump. This isn't like a fucking um, designer who put out, or like an OG Mako who put out screaming songs after the one screaming song, after um, You Guessed It Went Crazy. This nigga only put out screaming songs for like a little while, so niggas only expected screaming shit. And then he put out like a real rap song and no one gave a fuck. Mm -hmm. No offense to OG Mako, that's a Nigerian king and we really do support our people. But I'm just saying like that's how society turned because that's what you're describing. Or even when you say the getter thing, he probably built a whole career. Yeah, no, I'm saying like again, like he's already put out a lot of content. Lil Nas Nas X from day one has been pushing his other shit still. So if you're a fan of his or whatever, you've heard his other shit. All of his mm-hmm. videos, like his videos, he released like two little snippet videos. One was rapping and the other was another country song. And both of them got decent reception from his fans because he's letting them know, no, I'm a rapper. Like, and and like Drake, like... like there's a lot of artists that cross mm-hmm. different lines. So, I mean, those. Drake's a different case. but I know, but I'm I saying... feel like what the, the where I guess my point's being broken is the fact that I don't mean like is so you know moving forward with his career he's not gonna have any fans or he's not gonna have any type of fan base or like people are not going to listen to his music at all at this point obviously he's going to have people that listen to him he has so much buzz around him there's no way he falls off to zero you know but 
to retain then it's almost like an impossible ta- task to retain the kind of buzz he has right now i'm just saying like capitalizing on the people that do hear him and try and retain some of them it's going to be a hard task when you're probably going to start giving completely different things so i just want to see how that progresses in the future not even saying like it's impossible or i don't i don't expect it or i'm like hoping that he doesn't no i'm just i'm genuinely curious to see how it's going to go and I'm just making my predictions on it for how I think people react. But it'd be cool to be disproven, you know? I mean, it's just like, and once again, we're not going to stay here too long since we've spent way too long speaking about Old Time Road, Old Town Road and Billy Ray Cyrus. But it's like, <clears throat> it's like, it's obviously going to be very hard. Yeah. Right? It's going to be very hard to retain an audience that likes multiple things from you, especially when you blew up off of one thing. But the reason that I keep going back to the fact that he presented it so early is he's he's obviously making that jump, so we're just going to have to see where it goes. Because mm-hmm. he's very much telling them, like, I do two things that are very opposite. And so we're just going to have to see where that goes in the future. I wish the kid nothing but success, even That's though he looks like a fucking tweet deck, hoot sweet ass nigga. But it's okay. Like, and that's a very Twitter reference, so some of y'all are going to get that, some of y'all won't. Anyways, um, yes, we talked about the NCAA March Madness for the past few weeks. It's been exciting. It's been this, this, that. I was, I was fucking shocked last weekend. I'm not going to lie to you. I was fucking shocked. Like, I thought Auburn and Michigan State was going to be the final, and Auburn and Michigan State ended up being the two teams that got knocked out. And... So the Auburn game, I think, was kind of bullshit how they got knocked out. But, but, that being said, I in no way, shape, or form want to discredit that white boy that was a fucking killer. Because that nigga had ice in his fucking veins. First first off, like, yeah, we'll get more into, like, the ending and technicalities and how, I guess, like, the Auburn, whatever, Virginia game played out. But again, like you said, shouts out to, funny enough, his name's literally Guy, you know? So, <laughs> shouts out to Guy, because he's a stone-cold killer. I saw glimpses of, like, prime time, like, Dame Dollar, you know what I'm saying? Kobe Bryant type shit. It really seemed like he was cold under pressure. That nigga was disgusting. Like, it was like, he was pulling up over, on top of, next to, in the middle of anybody, and he knew the shots were going to go in. Why? There was only one option. He had to make the shots or his team was going to lose. Like, like those kind of players are so rare to find a mentality like that, where it's like their eyes are stone. They don't look nervous. They don't look this. They don't look like, oh, I hope this goes in. It's like, no, you have to go in because we need to win this game. I'm saying he said like it's funny because you saw in like the post game interview he's talking to um, one of the reporters and he's like, you know, I could lie to you and say that you know I didn't feel any pressure even on like those free throws or anything. He said he was terrified. I promise you, watching those free throws and how fast he was shooting them and how smooth it all seemed. He didn't seem worried or bothered at all. He looked like nothing in the planet could stop. In that moment, it was sad. Like, when he made that corner three, tough shot. I Honestly, that was probably my favorite moment of the NCAA tournament. And I was cheering for Auburn. Fuck Auburn, but I was cheering for Auburn. Because, like, that was cold. Like, I don't know what else to say about that shot. But that was fucking cold. Like, he shot it over a dude, straight buckets. Like, nothing else. Like, the... What? Corner, I'm pretty sure that was, shit was a fader. And my thing is, also, the way the game ended, I know, so, I hate seeing games end on free throws, obviously, but when you're in a tough position like that as a ref, to A, I guess, let the game play out how it plays out and let the, the players finish it, or if you're going to start, you know, enforcing, like, enforcing the game, like, final minutes to, and letting that kind of dictate how the games play out, if it's a clear enough foul, you have to do your job. And it was, at the end of the day, he came into the shooter space before he came down, you know what I'm saying, right under him, <laughs> and was literally pushing him as he was literally still in the air shooting. Like, how are you not going to call that? It seemed like a clear foul to me. And not even to be that guy at the moment, it's just like, we're going to have to agree to disagree when it comes to the end of the game, just because I don't want to sit here and argue for 10 minutes about the end of that game. But I definitely could see where the ref was coming from. So I don't want to take it away. Refs do have a difficult job. Sometimes these niggas really do just be just straight fucking people over. And I wish there was just real reviews. That one, I do feel like Auburn got robbed near the end of that game. But I don't feel like Virginia Tech it was. Not just University of Virginia. University of Virginia. I don't feel like they didn't deserve to win. I'll take that. 
I'll say I don't feel like they didn't deserve to win. Both teams fought, and honestly, Auburn should have won. But, like, it's do you make that call? And in my case, I feel like you do if it's blatant enough. It didn't affect – the only problem is it. I feel like it didn't affect his actual shot. So, in the rest of mine, like, you know the foul's there, but it didn't affect the shot. Do you let the game just play out how the game's playing out, you know? Or do you still call the foul just because you know technically it's a foul? And that's a tough call to make as a person, especially when they're when the organization that hired you is expecting you to play out your role the way you're supposed to. It's tough to see, all right, should I just let like the players play this out or do I see something and I have to act on it? I mean, once again, it's just like they do have a difficult job and I can't I can't hate too much. I don't have too much stock in it because to be completely honest, I did want to see an Auburn Michigan State final. But with how that white boy was shooting, I really can't say I'm not excited to see what he pulls out in the finals as well. I could give that much of a fuck. Like, my heart wasn't hurt like when Auburn lost, just because I'm really not that big of an Auburn fan. The Michigan State game, that one, I really thought Izzo was going to find a way to pull it out. But I, once again, he is the coach. He did get, like, his coaching did help them get pretty far. They just kind of blew it. Like, to be honest, that was just one of those games where you look at a team that just kind of blew it at a point. There like, were some bad moments, but I, for sure. But I feel like that one wasn't much to talk about unless you have stuff to talk about that one. No. I feel like they just really just. It was a tough game. Honestly, the first half, I feel like you can't say any team really played bad, even though it was, like, low scoring. For the sheer fact that defense was fucking tough, bro. And that was one of the best defensive games I saw in this tournament so far. Um, I would say, though, Texas Tech did pretty much seem like they had momentum the whole game. And I'm not surprised that they won. Honestly, congratulations to them. Uh, Cassius Winston, even though they put more pressure on him than I would even say Duke did the game before. And he didn't have as well of a showing, even though he still played pretty phenomenally. He's going to have a great career going into the league. And I'm excited to see him play out. Looks like a a guard, uh, Paul Pierce. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Still not going to be as good of a career as Dwayne Wade, but we won't get into that. Um, Jesus Christ, Paul <laughs> Pierce is retarded. How did this nigga really? Like, I'm sorry. I know we didn't want to get into this, but how did this nigga really, with like a straight face? And I know, like once again, like you were the one that brought this up to my attention too. It's like, if you're asked certain things, like, as an athlete, as a competitor, you're going to say you. You're going to choose you nine times out of ten, right? So I get yeah. that. But he wasn't asked. Like, I oh, kept thinking in my head he Volunteered the information? Like, it's like me walking in for a sudden, you know, I'm walking into LA Fitness or something. I'm talking my shit. And then all of a sudden, I'm telling people that I'm a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. And I firmly believe that shit. It's just, With knowing damn well that's impossible. It's just like sometimes you just can't be retarded, Paul Pierce. Shut up. Shut up. Someone <laughs> take Paul Pierce off the TV. I'm tired of seeing that nigga on TV. I wish success to all of my black brothers, but Paul Pierce, go home, bro. This was a situation Call where I Brady saw... up. Like, that's your homie, right? Like, isn't you a fucking Patriots fan, old head-ass boy? Get the fuck off of my television. I'm tired of hearing Paul Pierce speak. I just saw two of my favorite NBA players, literally of all time, come into a discussion against each other, and I feel like this was the final straw for me. Paul Pierce might have been knocked off that list, bro, because I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of these blatant lies. Your nickname's the truth, nigga. I'm sick of this shit. I need Paul Pierce to be knocked off your list because you can't have a list that lame. Like, a list that contains that nigga on it, that's so Come crazy. On, bro. I'm just saying, that man was technically sound. <sighs> but we, we can get into that shit later. Niggas want to debate, but whatever. Steph Curry. Speaking of Stone Cold Killers, it's just like, one thing, and we don't even have to delve into this too long, like, if we don't have to, but it's like, the fact that Steph Curry apparently needed contacts his whole career, but he just kind of just said, fuck it. And he finally, after he went into a shooting slump, for the first time in his career, just went into a, like a shitty shooting slump of like 30-something percent for a few games from the three, he went and got contacts. Like, how are you the best? This nigga's already the best three-point shooter in history. One season, he had over 400 threes, I believe, right? And it's like, you needed contacts? You can't, nigga can't even see the rim. How can you not even see the rim? You see a blur, an orange blur, and you're knocking it down like that every single time. Bro, I'm just really confused because I feel like we all saw the signs but just ignored this shit. Every time you see, like, a zoom in on Steph's face, he'd be squinting. And I never knew, like, I thought, if, he, was, I thought he was thinking, like, thinking hard about something, trying to formulate some plans or whatever. I thought he was just being a cocky piece of shit. I thought he was just looking at niggas like, huh? Y'all really just, tried me on some, like, that Cardi B meme or something. But he really just couldn't see? Well, this nigga really couldn't see. Is Are we about to see some, like... N- Shooting records that will never be broken in, like, NBA history now that this man got his eyes fixed. What more do you want from me, nigga? Like, how many more threes can you make? 
Why did it take him this long to get context? I, guess I just got too many questions. It's just like, it, it could be one of those things where he was just like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And he just thought, well, I mean, I'm, I'm knocking out the lights. Like, I might as well just keep doing what I'm doing. But fuck, that's weird. Stevie Wonder walks into the gym. But back to just talking out of your ass like fucking Paul Pierce. Before we get into the big baller brand stuff, I want to go ahead and say that LeVar Ball, and you know how much I support LeVar Ball just like being there as a black father and his family, just being there for the kids and just trying to set an example. He's I feel like he's genuinely doing his best. Sometimes he fucks up. He definitely fucks up sometimes. I think the LaMelo decision, he fucked up with, like, just sending him overseas. I think taking LiAngelo out was definitely a bad decision. Just to let him play out his time, like, punishment or whatever. LiAngelo is definitely one of those, like, you had to play four to get into the NBA anyway players. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't a one-and-done player. So one season red shirt where he wasn't even going to get that many minutes because he was a freshman, that wasn't that bad. You know, like, take your your punishment and, like, he would have developed. I think he would have went into the NBA at that route. But um, his dad just pumped up his head there. There were a couple bad decisions that could be very costly in the long run. But the stupidest thing, and now this kind of looks pathetic to me, and I'm just going to keep the same energy for everyone since I, I call out everybody when I see some stupid shit, even if I love them personally. And I could see it's probably a media play. But LeVar had the gall, the gall, to look into the camera and say with a straight face, that Leangelo is better than Zion Williamson. No, 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 no. That's a real quote. No, no, that's a real quote. Nah, you're, I forgot you're to fuck, send that to you. No, you're that, no, no, no that's it. a real quote, bro. He said Leangelo is definitely better than Zion Williamson. You don't believe that one, Lavar. I know you don't believe that one. Stop playing me. He doesn't believe it. He just he needs more media coverage because he wants his try his best to get. Leangelo pumped up. I'll tell you though that so didn't he can work. go to the G because that comment got skated under the rug. No, because I haven't cared. even seen it yet. That's bro, one of those that got ignored, bro. Because no one cared because they didn't. You can't say stuff you don't believe yourself. You know, <laughs> you know? like maybe he believed he really could beat Jordan, or he believed Dude, like funny like the Lonzo, Lonzo is better, better than, than like, Curry. You no, know? The, the, like the Lonzo. He even said Lonzo is better than Bron. It's funny that that got more like public <laughs> attention. And at this point, people heard the Leangelo Zion shit. They're like, all right, whatever. We're not listening to this one. Like, how much do people just count Leangelo off at this point? And at this point, I know it's kind of sad because I know, obviously, he's not as talented as the other two. But give it a few more years in college, this man really could have done something. Oh, he could definitely could have been a, He could have definitely been a good role player on a team, like, for sure. But it's like, I think he's... I don't want to be that Debbie Downer, and I really hope they prove me wrong. But I think Leangelo's bid is over. And... Uh, um, Lonzo, I think, is about to have a breakout season, though. Like, I really think Lonzo's about to have a breakout season now that he's distancing himself a little bit. Because at a certain age, you have to become your own man. You know, you have to grow up and stand on your own 10 as an adult, right? And I think Lonzo's finally doing that. But the reason that we even get into Big Baller Brand right now is after the stuff came out about Allen, you know, <clears throat> scamming the family and, like, taking his money... Lonzo's now filing a lawsuit. There was $1.5 million in damage, but Lonzo's filing a lawsuit for $2 million, so that probably is covering, like, assets, time, you know, just, you know, emotional damage, just bullshit, which I understand. You know what I'm saying? Especially, that may really just be legal fees as well. Like, he may be like, I'm putting up the bread for a good lawyer. I'm winning this fucking case, and you're about to pay me back for the fucking lawyer that I bought, <laughs> you know, because you did this to my fucking family. And so I wish them the best in that trial, just because that's fucked up, man. These people loved you like a fucking uncle, like a like a real member mm-hmm. of the family. He lived in the big baller man. No, that was love. You see him in literally everything. <laughs> He's one of the faces of the company at the end of the day, you know? Like, and you're just scamming them. So I hope they win that lawsuit. But in some more big baller brand news. Um, I don't even know if we can call it. Look, should we just start calling it ball family news at this point? Because big, big baller brand. It's not triple, triple B's anymore, RIP. We might not be triple B's in this thing no more. But um, LaMelo at, was at the Big Baller Brand All-Star Game because they, you know, had the final game. Their two biggest recruits were not there. And Dude, that was a sad thing to watch, though, because I'm not going to lie. When I saw, like, the crowd around, like, the, the all Amer- Big Baller All-American Game or whatever, it was empty. The whole venue seemed empty except for, like, a few rows. 
I mean, here I there. looked at like the one um YouTuber or whatever that goes mm-hmm. like that likes. They want to like the overtime dude or no? The overtime dude was there, and another players. dude was there, and um the DKM or some dude. I think that's his YouTube or whatever. He was there, and I watch his videos sometimes, even though he's, he's European, so he's got that that weird accent on the uh, on the uh, on the English sometimes. But that nigga put out fire content though, like really fire content. So we don't judge. What we got Nigerian ass parents? Like we definitely don't judge accents but i'm definitely throwing that out for people that are gonna watch it because it is a thicker accent but when he was showing like the actual like game footage and you know like stuff in there it it seemed like the game was decent obviously it was a low defense game it's an all-star game plus it seemed like there was a decent amount of people there like at least a mcdonald's all-american showing though you think no 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 not like not comparable obviously like directly comparable but not that many people show up to the mcdonald's all-american too though i get that but i could i could be jaded but i'm pretty sure like the image that i saw for the people like crowd in this game versus like mcdonald's all-american was a very different like very different picture and i know they booked a huge venue and this game was right after like the start of the fallout with the whole big baller brand and everything which is kind of sad to see and we hate to see it but it definitely did affect sales and everything because like it was kind of empty like not playing myself i'm not and you know i'm a supporter to everybody doing their own thing out there but like it was kind of fucking empty all right and they definitely didn't get the showing they wanted but lavar did announce that he that Lamelo was going to either Australia or China for a year before he comes back, kind of on like a one and done type deal, because it seems like the NCAA eligibility isn't about to actually happen. And so, because of the fact that the NCAA eligibility isn't about to happen, it seems like one of the smarter choices that they could probably do. And in my opinion. I understand why it's a smart choice the way it was broken down. Ezigo has some mixed feelings about it because I'm assuming competition level. No, no, but no, no, get into it. So obviously, uh, again, he's not gonna be able to go straight on the college route. So him breaking into like the overseas because I know they wanted to keep him away from the G League. I heard speculation because the G League's for different kinds of guys, hungrier dudes who are going to a make it so that they're gonna try and bully ball. Um, Lamelo just to get like a name for themselves and kind of build their notoriety and really come from just to like push themselves to the league as fast as they can get that contract get whatever and if he goes the overseas route he'll have more of a chance to actually like a be effective on a team there and potentially compete for like a title or something that he can use and like accolades to get back to I guess form note uh, form his like repertoire whatever to getting to get into the league and and also He'll be doing it in a way that isn't like the development league. You know, it's actually something that it has a basis of its own that he can kind of take over or be a part of. However, I just don't like the way that they're doing it. Like if he's going to go overseas, which isn't bad, we see a lot of good players come from overseas. Again, we just saw Luca, you know, probably going to run rookie of the year come from overseas. We've seen Kristaps. We've seen like a, a recently we've seen a lot of good players, but these are all coming from like the Euro League or like, you know, places where a the competition's already made its name and is seen as very good but also has a big market around it i'm not going to undermine the chinese basketball market because a china just has a fuck ton of people and on top of that it's actually getting bigger from like i guess a notable nba star is going to play in like china and bringing like more basketball fame over there even though they've already been the chinese people have already been like big basketball supporters however like Come on, man. If he's going to go play there for a year and you're trying to have NBA uh, scouts come and, like, look out for people and try and do things, you know they're not really – they're not in China like that. Let's be honest. They're not going to be in an Australia like that as much time as they're spending in um, scouting these Euro leagues. And that's going to give him the most exposure, I feel like, getting into the league because not every team's going to want him and not every scout's going to think he's, like, a good choice. Even if we think he's talented or not, that's just the way it is. So, like, just expose him to as many people as possible to at least give him a chance because they didn't, he didn't get to get that from a dropped year in um, high school, even though, you know, this last year Spire was able to give him a lot of spotlight. He's not going to get it in the traditional NCAA route. Cool. Like, so he has to get it another way, even though I know he's LaMelo. He's popular. You have videos everywhere. Probably the most popular person his age. Like, cool. But, like, that's just 
in general. I'm trying to sell for people, for scouts in the basketball sense. Are you ready? Yeah, let me hear it. <laughs> well, one, every basketball scout in the NBA has already been talking about Lamella as a draft prospect. Mm-hmm. Whether it be, he's a guaranteed 100% second rounder, but he's a, he's a more than likely mid to late first rounder already by all ESPN analysts, by all NBA scouts already talking about the fact that they want him on their team. So the fact that he's not going to the NCAA, which is the number one farm for the NBA right now, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that he's not going to G League is obviously a, a dumb decision. Like, So it's smart that they're not going to the G League. Because these are a bunch of people that are hungry for a chance to even be one-third of as desired as a player as Lomelo. And they don't think that he deserves it, and they're mad at his dad right now. So they're going to be Patrick Be-Be- Beverly's every single fucking game. And I agree with so that, So they're going to yeah. be dogging him. And so the G League's fucking retarded. One, all right? And then two, because of the fact that LaMelo's not a Leangelo, and he's closer to Alonzo. And when I say that, I mean he's a guaranteed NBA player right now. Like, guaranteed. He's going, yeah. to, he's going to the NBA after a year. That's just it. I agree with you there. I want to, let, let me let you finish. Cause... I'd love for you to, because I let you speak for a while. But And so he's a guaranteed NBA player. And because of the fact that he's a guaranteed NBA player, you know how the European system is, right, when they play. Correct. The European system is known for being pretty good at developing players, but they have more talent around, so the competition is there. So you're not really looking at coaching staff, you're not really looking at the facilities and all of those things, right? Because of the fact that there's a lot of talent there. The talent is what draws people to Europe. China has China, I think, is the only smart option here, by the way. I think Australia is literally them trying to rest him for a year and then hoping that the Lakers pick him up because they'll have a later draft pick. They're not gonna have like a using the Lakers one of their late ones, is what I think the Australia play is. But China has a way more money than the other leagues. Way more money. So their facilities and their coaching staffs and development right now are some of the top in the world because of how much money they have. And because of how much money they have with the development, I think LeVar is using a place like China to kind of develop LaMelo on the low, whether it be to gaining muscle mass and, you know, like working out in good facilities and just like making sure that they give him focus. Because if he goes to a Europe, they're going to have 35 players. Because of the Europe systems, they use an equal spread on the court. They play like an equal spread and pretty equal playing time. So you never have high-scoring players in high-scoring games. Like high-scoring players and, sorry, um, players that kind of stand out in these games, correct? Because they don't score tons. Because they don't really allow that in the systems, especially when it comes to guards. Like a Giannis is different because they let you take over your huge and you can dunk. But like we saw when they went over to Europe beforehand, which was their sample size, Every player is averaging like a 15 points because that they're trying to have it super spread. Like a China and an Australia is going to boost his stardom because of the fact that even if he's playing at like half mass Lamella, which he's going to be playing at because the competition's lower, like you said, he's going to become more of a star over there. The contracts are dummy comparative too. He's going to be making NBA rookie money in China if he starts playing there tomorrow. And so money, the fact that he has the lowest risk of injury and the fact that he's going to the NBA regardless, and it's going to be able to increase his stock as a star power, which is going to inevitably, it's going to raise his stock a little bit NBA-wise. It's not going to raise it NBA-wise like an NCAA would, like for a fucking John Morant or something, where people didn't know where he was going to go, and now he's going to go number two. Like, that could have happened to a Lamelo, like it happened to Alonzo at a UCLA, but it's still going to raise his stock a tiny bit. It may take him from, like, the 20th pick they predict to, like, an 18th, but he's going to the NBA. And so that's why it's probably overall a smarter decision to not go to a Euro. It'd be cool to see him play in higher competition and cool to see him win like a Euro League or cool to see him win like a Spit, La Liga, or like, you know, like one of the big leagues in Europe. But is that better for his NBA career? Probably not. So I feel like we ignore, because obviously talent-wise, he should be a, a t- like a top NBA draft prospect for his class coming out of co- coming out of college, whatever. Like, I'm not obviously he's not going, but I'm saying like, you know, general sense. But I feel like we ignore to a few things here. So we've noticed that teams try and avoid high profile players 
not that high profile in the sense like they're just really popular because they're good and stuff high profile because they have a lot of controversy and stuff around them is what i'm saying so i feel like a a lot of the stuff with like his dad and um the big baller brand especially all the things going on right now with it and him definitely have influenced and will like negatively his draft prospect like a stock and moving forward with that even i feel like there's no way that teams are going you know how like these gms or you like whatever make the decisions for how they're going to like talk about how who they're going to recruit and stuff they are kind of stuck in their ways in a sense that they do go for the more i guess what's the word for it like the most normally like um cultured players like that go down that specific route you know like they do go for ncaa players more often than they go for like the EuroLeague, and even if there's more talent in that or not whatever they do go for those players that were that got the accolades like mcdonald's all american back in like high school and things like that you know so even if Lamelo didn't have these things and the good reason that he didn't you know because there were things that kept him from even though he was that caliber of player i feel like they might opt to take certain players over him to the point where not saying he's not like a guaranteed draft prospect i just think you're putting too much stock into where he should be combined with where people who are making the decisions are actually placing them in his their minds no, I know that that that's what I'm talking about. Like I'm saying, like the ESPN list and things of that nature. That's cool, and that's whatever, because that's where people think he should be, right? These are all people that these are all people that talk to scouts every day, talk to GMs every day, talk to insiders every day. Like these are people talking about Lamelo. Like so many people had those same controversy and those same um, things that you're bringing up right now about the NCAA, right? In, in general about like why would some of these teams want to deal with the headache of such a high profile in a negative way like LaMelo, right? Because exactly what you're saying now is exactly what was going into the NCAA decisions too. Because that's what people were saying, like no big team's going to want to take him because of this shit. But at the end of the day, Duke, Kentucky, USC, UNC, UCLA, Michigan State, Every one of the biggest teams that we're talking about in these tournaments and things of that nature extended phone calls and offers to LaMelo. They just couldn't make them official offers because of his eligibility. All of these teams want him. But the college and NBA are very No, I know that. But I'm saying just using it as an example in comparison to you talking about like the headaches and stuff. Every one of these teams in the NBA want him. They just may not want him with their first pick if it's like someone that gets a lottery or something he's not going to go lottery at this point because of his because of the ncaa thing he's not going to go lottery like i think he's a lottery player he's not going to go lottery at this point but it is almost impossible unless his dad becomes a super puppet master and his dad has started to step back when it comes to his media presence he's trying his best to get Leangelo into the league so he's doing weird shit now because of Leangelo because it seems hopeless there but Lamelo's one that I feel like he's keen on not making the same mistake that he was trying to make with Alonzo and he he I feel like LeVar knows he fucked up Lamelo's like clear path like the easy path for Lamelo already Mm -hmm. and so I think he's out of here regardless all like, right. And the I mean, way I that the, the way it, that they're talking about him is he's out of here regardless too. Like I definitely think he's NBA. Like he's NBA. He's a good prospect and he's going to be taken. But I definitely just want to know though that I don't think it's like a a lottery pick. And I don't know if it's even going to be first round. Even though again these are like contrary to my actual beliefs because I believe he is probably a lottery worthy talent. And if not that, you know, objectively speaking, he's at least like a first round talent. But, you know, time will tell on those. And so that should wrap up most of the big, sorry, the ball family talk. It's going to be hard adjusting from triple Bs because I was triple B'd in this thing. I feel like we both were for sure. But um, due to time constraints, we definitely wanted to do a little bit of Game of Thrones talk just because of Game of Thrones being, you know, coming back this Sunday and you know, that's a big fucking thing. We're huge fans, both of us as well. But we'll actually make sure to save that as a special segment on next week's podcast. We'll talk about all of the 
we'll, we'll, we'll kind of make it. I don't know if we'll keep it every single week. It depends how long we talk about it. Because I think we've had Game of Thrones talks for hours for certain points, to be fucking honest. And I don't know how badly y'all are trying to hear a whole podcast of Game of Thrones. If that was something really desired, maybe we'd put it to the side. But we'll probably say like 10 to 15 minutes at the end of every podcast for this Game of Thrones season just does like a wrap up in our thoughts and views of the, each episode. We'll give like a clear spoiler warning and we'll put it at the end of the episodes. Um, or we can mix it in a different way because I know we've been having uh, plans uh, hopefully to start implementing uh, two podcasts uh, or at least like two episodes. And I know that are going to have like different feels to both. Like, um, I don't want to give away too much right now, actually. But we've been trying to implement about two podcasts into each week, and we might start breaking that out, especially now that we're getting into a season where a lot more will be coming out. And so we'll kind of, like, I guess, save more information for that moving forward, though, if that is going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how. But for next week, for certain, it's going to be, like, 10 to 15 minutes at the end, just because there's no time this week to put together (laughs) Game of Thrones episodes. All I'll say is... um, Fuck half of those characters, even though Aya's obviously not going to win the throne because that would just not sell the best. That's my favorite fucking character, and I hope she doesn't die. If they make Jon Snow and Daenerys some really corny joint king and queen type bullshit, I'm going to blow this episode. I'm going to blow this show up, and I'm going to fucking shoot somebody. Not really. I'm not going to incriminate myself. But that's all I got to say. And I love Cersei. She's sexy. I don't know why I think she's sexy in some weird-ass mean bitch way, but I fuck with Cersei. Oh, nah. <laughs> Bro, I think <laughs> nah, she's... But she, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I definitely don't think Game of Thrones is a corny show. And they haven't disappointed me with very predictable things. So I'm not too worried about that uh, whole, you know, John and Daenerys, like, dual ruler type shit. Hopefully not. But... I'll throw up. Like, Again, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I've been one of those people since the early days talking about John's one of my favorite characters. So, hey, I already know this season's going to do his character right. And I'm going to hopefully have a lot of batshit predictions I made and, like, theories coming to fruition. And I'm just excited to see. And, you know, honestly, since it's the last season, and I know there's, like, seven episodes, sadly not as long as, like, how many episodes? Like, seven or nine? sadly um, not as long i think this it's did. six six <laughs> like i think that's the one thing it's like last season all right fuck it we'll talk about game of thrones for a second but last season they kind of rushed it seemed it seemed like the first season that i genuinely felt like it was a little bit rushed dude and they so, went from traveling across the whole like map in four weeks worth of episodes to, to next episode like just yeah. instantly boom halfway through the episode it was like fucking it was all right spoilers but it was like <laughs> john and daenerys like oh you know what it's like john looking at the daenerys oh damn they might get freaky he likes this girl to the next episode all right standing like hand in hand like fucking facing the <laughs> fucking ocean like across the world like you're used to seeing the travel and the build-up and like mm-hmm. everything that happens and now these niggas are instant transmissioning p- places and like the war's about to happen y'all niggas got six episodes i thought they were gonna be at least two hours each. Bro, they're like an hour stuff. to an hour and a half i think that was like the maximum so it's kind of disappointing to see but it's still, Bro, like, they have the show. war versus the fucking night king and shit like that and they have to fit in half of the backstories that we were looking for and they have to fit in who actually wins the war but amongst them for the throne into six episodes so i think it's i don't know what i got fucked up between either game of thrones or maybe avengers endgame probably should double check this but i just heard it like a while ago they have like a very long like i mean hours long like uh fight scene and like war scene i should say so that's going to be interesting to see but what does that already encompass two or three of the episodes yeah, that's, you know what I mean? that's already two so episodes what's going to happen for the rest i don't know like what they're going to do but i just hope that the year and a half two years that they spent basically working on this they do the ending of this show fucking justice because this is too phenomenal of a show and to i feel like at this point disappear disappoint a the fans but the integrity of how the show started off so beautifully made and so well done like time wise graphics wise story wise and everything to kind of rush it but you know i do have faith and this isn't going off much it was going off of their prior work but i have faith that they're gonna play this out right i don't know it's just like i have faith as well just because it's my favorite tv show so obviously they've done something right for a minute but it's like I've definitely seen the the let's just shoot left deterioration of a show that was so fire for a while. 
<coughs> weeds. <coughs> There's multiple shows that can go into that category. I'm not going to do that for a while. But weeds was one of the bigger examples to me that because that show was so fucking fire. And then there was a point mm-hmm. where it just hit the left turn. All right, now it's rushed and kind of shitty. I know. And so yeah. I feel like I could see it happening. I just hope it doesn't with all my heart. I hope it doesn't. And with a lot of stuff that it's alluding to, the fact that it's... I feel like objectively, especially if you read somewhere that these there's like an, the hours of war, you know, I feel like objectively it can't be rushed. It can't not be rushed at this point with six episodes. I get that. But let me just hold on to this childlike uh, sense of like disbelief that I, I have towards the fact that they could ever do something wrong. You know, and just let me keep that for now. Let me keep that until they do something wrong. And then I will be, you know, let me get crushed at that point. I'll be hiding in my room just sad, you know, disappointed that Game of Thrones went out bad. But until then, until they truly fuck up, I'm riding on the fact that they won't. <laughs> Alrighty, and uh, um, I failed to mention this earlier, but I definitely wanted to touch on it a little bit before we got out of here. I know we're running a little bit long on time for this one, but I wanted to mention the fact that Albert Wilson, he was a... We're definitely going to end on a little bit of a gloomier note than usual. I wanted to end on the Game of Thrones thing, but I couldn't I couldn't hold it anymore. I had to go ahead and let my love of... I mean, Daenerys is so fucking fine, nigga. And sorry. <laughs> but and Aya is the most badass character I think I've seen in a real life yeah, show. We already moved we're on not, from Game of Thrones. I know, bro. bro we got to keep it pushing. Got to keep it pushing. All right, anyways. Albert Wilson has maintained his innocence. He was... He was sentenced to over 12 years in prison for a rape but didn't have sex with the victim and i understand one i don't want to use this opportunity to kind of like dismiss the fact that there are certain cases that have come up where there has been some iffiness when it comes to these rape kits and some of these victims have had justice not served because of it the right way so i want to go ahead and point that out and say that i'm not going to stop listening to victims before evidence is presented but that being said come on now we've seen this story 120 times in the black community sadly 120 fucking times like how many people have to go to prison for 10 to 15 years for the state to be like whoopsie daisies (laughs) you didn't do it all right here Go enjoy your life after you just fucking took it away from a young person. Most of the time, it's athletes and people with, like, notable futures, I guess. And I don't want to take away regular people's... I say regular, but I don't want to take away people's futures as not bright. Because this nigga could be the next fucking billionaire on this planet. Anybody can be what they want to be. But I'm saying, like, usually it's targeted like an athlete. But apparently the story goes... A 17-year-old snuck into a bar, not really snuck, because it was one of those bullshit-ass bars that doesn't really ID and is very easy to get into. And I can't be mad at them too much just because I can't be mad at the bars too, too much, sorry, just because the fact that I went to a lot of those. Shout out to all of fucking Athens. You already know what's going on up there. And so don't, don't expose the party spot for people <laughs> coming on, man. No, we're don't not going to expose the spot, but everyone fucking knows the spot. Stop it. But yeah. And so she got into one of these bars. She went home with a dude. She apparently they were like all touchy and like making out in the bar. And so they got back. They went um, back to his place, spent the night, never had sexual intercourse. Apparently, you said you read that they hooked up. At so, least, so, yeah. No, so, A, go keep on keep on saying what you're saying, because I'm going to try to double back on like certain details. All right. And so then she comes back, claims rape. I'm assuming I've seen this case before where it's like a lot of the times, unfortunately, it has to do with like white, like hooking up with black where there's embarrassment, maybe. Or maybe there's like friends that are like, oh, I mean, you did you really hook up with that black guy? Blah, blah, blah. And then people feel shitty about it and or its parents or whatever type shit where they'll come out and claim rape. Dude went to trial. He's a couple years older now. She's almost 20. He's 23. And now he's could be he's looking at sorry unless something happens and there's some intervention. Twelve years of his life behind bars with probation for the rest of his life, and he'd be on the sex offenders list for the rest of his life for not having sexual intercourse with a person. So, a I feel like obviously we know the law around having um, sex with somebody that's underage, and you know there's that's pretty much there's no gray area because as soon as you cross that line you're gonna get, you're going to get the 
penalties for that come along with that crime. But it's sad because there's so many things that led up to this that are kind of like in his favor, in his defense, that we as a society just ignore because the law is so cut and dry, quote unquote, you know. But it's sad because, A, she came up to visit her sister or whatever or a relative that goes to the school, cool. But it's funny because literally the article says as soon as they would try to come in again they weren't carded so then you know there's some fallback on the bar there but all that aside you make your way into the establishment so you already have the you have the the idea around you that you're already of at least a certain age or that you are a certain age you know so then making your way even past all that people said he claims that when they left she was not very intoxicated if at all so was not like one of those like he took advantage of her she couldn't have removed herself from the situation also there was um, witness accounts and people that have said that it very much seemed like they were both like into each other it wasn't like taking advantage of or pressuring or forcing or like trying to coerce this girl into doing, doing something that she didn't really want to and then even like later on the only bit of DNA they found on her, which, like, on her chest or whatever, was his saliva rather than, like, anything else. And I think the article did say they hooked up, though, so that's where I can't, like, defend that too much in the fact that they did, like, have some sexual, like, activities together with each other, but it's still kind of fucked up to see, especially when it really seemed like, A, the dude was under the impression that she was of a certain age, and it was consensual. It will, and from, like, witness counts and like his detailing and everything but you can go back and kind of like reverse how you felt about it call it out as something else and then all of a sudden a man's going to jail for 12 years i mean it's and so I, again well, yeah but at the same time we could all be wrong and we could all be wrong and you know what she claimed happened did happen it just doesn't feel like it's that. just like, it doesn't look like it that. doesn't look like that it doesn't feel like that and we've seen this story a thousand times and on top of the fact that we've seen this story a thousand times it was in a state like fucking kansas which is no no it's, it hasn't been shy to the fact that it's it's racist background and it was an all-white jury in a state like kansas all in an area white like that jury. like does that make just, sense to you just be real with yourself it's 2019 like we just don't have to tiptoe and beat around the bush here Sometimes if you see something, you got to call a spade a spade. But I wish the young man all the best until more information comes out. Because if there's undeniable evidence at this point, because once again, all the evidence points into his favor. But if there comes undeniable evidence that he's a piece of shit in the situation, I will always fucking call him a piece of shit. But right now, it seems like it's just another young black man whose future just got stolen away from him. Um, we're now running a little bit over an hour and six, seven minutes, so I'm ready to get out of here, like, um, unless you've got anything else to say. I think we've touched base on everything. I'm kind of proud of us, to be honest. We had a lot to say. We had a decent amount of topics, and we got right down to the bullshit. <laughs> this nigga pissed me off sometimes, but oh I love him. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a headache. <laughs> All right, y'all, but... My name is Chuka Offer, and I'm probably... No, let me stop. I might concede this shit. My name is Chuka. I'm Ezigo. And this is The Offspace. Space.